Ready? Good. Well, if I can have your attention, I'd like to call to order the December 5th meeting of the Rock County Planning Commission. Sarah, if you'd be so kind as to take the roll. Steve Warnke. Yes. Brian Kelly. Present. Uh, Ed Benjamin. Here. Trevor Shire. Here. John Merrill. Bill Norris. Here. Greg Yeager. Here. Trevor Marshall. Pettis. Billy Mitzenbach. Here. Thank you. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping. Number one, cell phones should be silenced and or off, including me. Uh, two, there should be a sign-up sheet that's probably gone around already, I think. Uh, I don't think you don't need one. You're okay? Yeah. You recognize the audience, do you? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> and then the third item would be, um, but I may change this, because this uh, proceeding is available to the public to dial in and call in and listen, it's important that we use the microphones. I don't know if you gentlemen have a problem, but I'd ask you probably all to slide up here just a bit more. No, actually, I think that this mic over here will probably pick these guys up in any case. Oh, okay. So I don't think it's even necessary. Okay, fine. Thank you. Good. Speak up. Okay. And before we really get started, we have a new member of the commission. I'm going to butcher his last name, but I think it's, is it Mitzenfeld? Did I do that right? Um, there's no N in it, but so it's, it's phonetically, right, so it's Mitzelfeld. Mitzelfeld. So welcome, and would you be so kind as to explain just a bit about yourself to the balance of us? Sure. Um, Don't take forever. <laughs> well, you just put a piece of bread in my mouth, that's a tough Oh, thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll give it a shot anyway. So um, I've uh, had a part-time home here for 19 years and about two years ago I moved here full-time. I'm a professional licensed engineer, I'm a civil engineer and uh, good uh, 40 years and uh, I owned my own engineering company for a while. Did a lot of uh, development engineering but also did this almost thing you have to do with civil engineering, roads, bridges, water systems, treatment plants, everything like that. And uh, then I moved to we had the wonderful recession, and I moved on to work with the uh, federal government. I got a job in the Bureau of Reclamation, and in that position, I work mainly um, on doing um, restoration work, maintenance work on uh, big dams. It was kind of interesting, and so um, retired for that from that a couple of years ago. So I'm retired. I'm living by myself. I live 20 miles west of town, right at the foothills. Perfect. From the, from the, Planes and photos. Retirement's a good thing, don't knock it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I, As is civil engineering. Well, good. Good. Yeah, okay. um, I don't know if I could. I have two great kids, recently divorced. Um, that's kind of strange, but uh, that's a big part of my life, so I guess I could include it when I'm talking about myself. Sure. You're very good. Well, welcome, and thank you. I'm definitely looking forward to being on here. Um, next item on the agenda, anyone from the public who wishes to comment to the board on anything that isn't on the agenda, now would be the time to do so. Seeing none, we'll move right on. Approval of the minutes uh, from the December, October 17th meeting. Any corrections, comments, additions, subtractions? Hearing none, I'll cheer. I move we approve the minutes as presented. Read my mind. Thank you, Brian. 
Is there a second? Okay. Thank you, Troy. All those in favor, please signify by saying yes. Yes. Opposed, yes. say no. Minutes are approved. Items for consideration request to table King Creek Ranch special use permit period to January 2nd, 2020. That's the second time actually this is being tabled. The first time uh, the applicants wanted to wait, uh, actually needed more time for referral responses from building department and environmental health. And uh, so that rescheduled it today. And basically, now that they have those responses, they would like more time to prepare for uh, the hearing. So we went ahead and moved that to the January 2nd date. Okay. Do we don't need a motion on that, do we? Um, you yeah, do. It hasn't been okay. too late to reschedule, so technically. Yeah, okay, fine. Mr. Chair, so moved. Second. Thank you. All those in favor, please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, saying no. Motion carries. Items for discussion, review and discussion of the master plan, project plan. Are you leading us on this? Uh, Chris and I have tag team. I'll get the Perfect. majority of the beginning. And, sure. and again, for the benefit of those that aren't intimately involved in it, you're somewhat fortunate. But we think you need, I mean, you need to be brought up to speed on where we're going with this and how it's working. And obviously, Christy and Chad are, in fact, part of the steering committee and actually doing a I don't even want to say this. A yeoman's amount of work. So, go. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Well, this is something a little different. Not only are we going to talk about the, uh, the process plan and what's in front of us here in the master plan update, but just have a few slides just to kind of get you in that planner's mindset. Um, thought I'd start off with population. So this, this was taken from the World Population Block. It's an interesting website. They, you know, recommend that you look it up, but obviously this is a still. And I did a presentation similar to this one two months ago um, through the extension office of Todd's Hayden Moose Land Stewardship class. And I, when I pulled up this one, I thought, oh, I wonder what the difference is between now and two months ago. 14 million people are just the difference between now and two months ago. I mean, that's, that's the population of the state of Illinois. So in two months, the world population has grown by Illinois. And, um, you know, and not only do all the, the estimates, you know, are part of the box of all those births, deaths, growth, I mean, all of that is, you know, close to, close to live. So uh, anyway, because a lot of what I'm going to speak to you about is population growth center, thought I would start out with those numbers. Um, anybody recognize those two guys? Not the, uh, not what you would expect in a planning presentation. Hillary. Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay Sherpa. Uh, this was in May of 1953 that they were the first to successfully summit and make it down from Mount Everest. And fast forward 66 years to this year, That this was the scene at the summit of Mount Everest, you know. And so I don't know if you guys, you know, read the story in, you know, May, I believe. Um, but on this day, and, you know, there are what 300 people maybe in that line. And there are two ways to summit through China and Nepal. This is the China side. Is that 11 people died on this one day waiting in line in what's called the death zone? 
know, because of the altitude conditions, you know, it, it, uh, it'll kill you if you stay up there too long. And 11 people, like 21 people died on Everest this year total, but 11 on this one day. You know, kind of an extreme example of, of population pressure, but hey, what the heck? It's my PowerPoint. <laughs> you guys have the audience. Good photo. <laughs> so, and then jumping to this slide, something a little different. This small town was the same size that Steve Springs is today as far as population. So about, about 13,000 people. Uh, this was 1880, Los Angeles, California. So wow. I brought that up a couple of times, just kind of speaking in big pictures. Hey, you know, there was a point in time in LA was the size of Steamboat. It was 1880, and it looked like that. Um, you know, and I'm not saying this, that Steamboat's going to get as big as Los Angeles, you know, because they've got many factors that we know. They have milder climate, warm water ports. Um, you know, the LA basin is relatively flat. You know, they've gone through many pains to get their water supply, you know, and, and so those are all visiting factors for us. You know, but I just wanted to get that point across that, yeah. There was a point in time when LA was as big as Steamboat today. And in, in another thing that I'll bring up is that, you know, when I throw out some of these numbers, you know, like that 66 years between when Hillary summited and today, um, you know, I'll speak in terms of generations also. Basically, a generation, depending on who you ask, is approximately 30 years. So just over two generations went from Hillary to that mess we saw in Everest this year. And, um, that LA, uh, 1880 until now, is only about four and a half generations time that it's grown to you know what it is today, four million people in Los Angeles. So I've, I've always been kind of fascinated by this slide. I've stared at this for well, maybe not hours, but minutes. And um, you know, so it's just a good representation of where the developed areas are in, uh, in the United States. What's the difference between the orange and the blue? You know what? I couldn't find the answer to that. I mean, I would think it would be advancements in lighting, but that that's that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. The orange are the least populated sections of the country. No, no, no. I'm not talking about because the dark areas versus the lit areas. I'm talking about the areas that are lit like in just kind blue of orange as opposed to lit in right. orange. Right. So it, it could be intensity of lighting or types of lighting. I don't have the question. Actually, somebody asked me that before and I couldn't answer. So it's right now. So, anyways, hey, yeah, we're we're growing all what 53 million of us in the United States. Um, anyway, next slide. So I was I was watching Star Wars Episode One. Isn't the US 300? Was I wrong? I'm yeah. sorry. 300. I do have that in my notes somewhere. It's about 330. I just round number 300. I mean, yeah. I've, I've got it on the slide here coming up pretty soon. Anyways, um, Star Wars Episode One. I'm watching this with my daughter many years ago. And as the Jedi and his crew are flying toward this planet, the Jedi says, this is Kurosan. The entire planet is one big city. You know, so the planner part of me is like, interesting. You know, and the first thing that jumps into mind is, Where's the food coming from, right? So they have a farming planet to support the city planet. Is our food not of the soil anymore? You know, and did they plan it like this or did it just happen because they couldn't keep the population under control? Yeah. I'm great at parties, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, 
So anyways, I do think back on this every now and then, especially when I see the population increases on this planet. So again, why do we do our planning? You know, it's basically how the community deals with population pressures. Um, globally, and here comes that number, 7.7 uh, million of us, annual increase of 1.07, that was last year. And there's a formula that I'll pull up there. It's a doubling time formula. And so how you can estimate the doubling time of the population is take the R, the rate of annual increase, divided into 70, and then it'll probably give you the, the, the doubling time. So, I mean, obviously, if it's 1%, it's going to get you 70 years. So, um, globally, you know, it doesn't sound like much at 1.07, but it's a 65-year doubling time. United States, there we go, 323 million. They had Colorado's number in there earlier. Uh, 323 million, uh, even less, points uh, uh, but that's still a hundred years doubling. Colorado, 5.6 million, um, increase of 1.85, that's a doubling time of 37 years. And Route County, or you know, 25,000 people, we're at 2.9, and so that's a 31 year doubling time. And just to kind of give you a, a visual um, of what that means, some of this might be a little, a little far back for Christy, maybe, but, um, yeah. but for all of us, everybody else, we should be able to get some of these. So, what was happening 31 years ago? Ronald Reagan was president. HW was just elected. Roy Romer was the uh, governor of Colorado. Sonny Bono was elected mayor of Palm Springs. His ex-wife, Cher, just won an Academy Award. Uh, Ricky Field. Saw his first night game. They just installed lights on Wrigley. Uh, the fires in Yellowstone. Uh, Guns and Roses had that hit, Sweet Child Mine. And the most painful one, the Broncos got pummeled by the Redskins in the Super Bowl. So it doesn't seem like that long ago for me, but you know, that was, you know, and I went back and checked those numbers. So, you know, what was, what was it half the population is now? You know, I didn't know whether or not that increase rate was stable, but yeah. Route County was half the size it was now when, you know, 30, 31 years ago. So what's this look like on a chart? You know, and I thought this was interesting to pull this off the web. Going back from year one to today, you know, the blue line and the projections are in the red. You know, that's how big the population has gotten. If you look at the 1776, so independence of our country, the planet was about one billion. So it took from year one to 1776 to get to one billion. From 1776 to now, you've added another six and a half billion people. So anyways, population is getting really big guys. So some of these numbers. And I thought that, that I would talk about the growth of, I picked on Steamboat. What was the prior slide? Yeah. Uh, there's some numbers that I'll use here um, for the next couple of slides. So, you know, in planning for a, for a city like Steamboat, you know, for anywhere, you know, a question is always, how big do you want to get? I mean, chances are, you know, whatever cap is probably not during any of our lifetimes. But as planners, if we think, you know, well, maybe Steamboat should be the size of Boulder. It's about 10 square miles right now. 
that would make it about the size of Boulder. Not the Boulder like metro area, just the incorporated limits. So basically, as you can see, on the south end, I'm just going west on US 40, going north on 129, and um, you know, so this encompasses Maribu and comes down short of short of Milner. So maybe we're uh, up 129 to Collins Corner. Collins, yeah. Yeah, Collins Corner. So you got Deer Mountain Estates and yeah. Elk yeah. River Estates. So maybe the plan is to, you know, be the size of uh, of Love, a little bigger than Boulder, add another 10 square miles. So now we're past Milner on 40 and up to Mad Creek, up 129. <laughs> You know, and on the southeast side of, uh, of Sleeping Giant. I don't know, maybe you want to go a little bigger. Maybe you want to be the size of four columns. Uh, another 21 square miles to that. So now we're up to. Is that 53? Yeah, 56. Right, right. So, and then, you know, obviously a couple miles past Miller on the south end. So I'm about four columns. Oh, sorry, that was four columns. Denver. So basically, that's all the, the, the size of Denver. So now we're up to the to the Moon Hill Bridge, and all the way down to Hayden, you know, across Wolf Mountain, and that's yeah, just taking all the Hayden all around it. So so just that visual of how big those cities are, growing, you know, if if we overlay it on Route County, growing in that direction. How big do we want to get? So, Chad, yes, sir. the number of 97.8, that's just Denver. Right. So it's not cumulative going through your increments. That's just the additional square miles. In no, it's addition, no, it's incremental. Right. So, like so, so say the depot's 10, and then when I put the boulder on, there's an additional like 11.1. So it's about 150 square Wait miles. So, right. So you got to add it all up. Yeah. Because if you had your first one, I can't read it, but... 10. 10. 10. 10. Steamboat's 10, plus 10? 11. 11. Plus 11 is 21. Plus 10. Well, 31, 52. It's oh, okay. about 150 well, square question. miles. So, all of the shaded area right now is 97.8? No. No, it's... it's Okay. So, be so everything shaded gets added up. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so again, that question, you know, how big should we get? And that's not population; that's just square miles of municipality. So if you're a quarter mile, I've used this before, Doug. I'm tired of that last person who comes over to the past thinking that they arrived just in time to save us from ourselves. <laughs> Most people don't understand how much hard work. It takes to keep things this way, and uh, you know, obviously, that's that hard work is planning commission, board of county commissioners, and staff, and the community. You know, the community's voice, and, and you know, and, and all of what we do supporting the community's voice through the master plan and the regulations. Uh, the, sorry about the small print, but I thought I would just pull you know a, a, a line out of this. It's, I started with the red, then I went into or other way, purple, and then into red. So basically, master. Um, a county planning commission shall make careful and comprehensive studies, surveys and studies of existing conditions and probable future growth of the territory within its jurisdiction, <coughs> the bottom, 
Um, to reduce waste of physical, financial, or human resources would result from either excessive congestion or excessive scattered population. So I thought that that was you know, a pretty good summary of what it is, you know, not that we, that we have to do, that we do, especially that excessive scattered population is something that's more near and dear to us. So our first master plan, if, if you guys don't know, was approved in 1980, but we've had zoning regulations since 72. So it was kind of interesting that during that eight year period in the 70s, with no plan to guide you, if you met the criteria, you were approved because it was just regulations that applied. So 1980 rolls around, and that's when we had that first policy, which is 33A now. But any new residential, commercial, or industrial development shall be located within a designated growth center. You know, and when we updated the plan in 2003, you know, that was still identified as being you know, the, the most important policy in the plan. Um, just like today's plan, there's no future land use map, so we don't have a growth area. We rely on the on the comprehensive plans of the municipalities, our sub-area plans, for for that growth. And also, you know, it was many years after that, but um, you know, our joint planning system that we have with our municipalities, the, the joint adoption of the sub-area plans, the comprehensive plans, and obviously the bottom line is preserve the western rural character of the county, focus the growth into our growth centers. So on our master plan, a couple of big ones, you know, that you guys see in most all of your staff reports, growth the county should be consistent with rural character, should not be most strong. Development of the county should not contribute to the degradation of the natural environment by adding to water, noise, air, light, and visual pollution. And protecting the rural character, ranch land, and open space is a high priority in our county. So, getting into the master plan update itself. Um, we hope to talk a little bit about um, is, you know, just to inform you guys on the process, basically walk you through the, the documents, not, not in great detail, but most of it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, we had a steering committee meeting last month, and uh, there were some comments from the steering committee that were, that are part of that plan. Uh, last Tuesday, Board of County Commissioners made some comments, and those, we'll, we'll go through a couple of those, there aren't very many, but those are not included in that draft. Uh, what's been done so far, just to take that, uh, discuss next steps, and then feedback from you. So, opening up the plan to the, to the timeline. Um, basically, this is broken down into two sections. Um, looking at the bottom, you see the kickoff to the consultant selection. Now, that's more of a public engagement and visioning stage. You know, we, we will be performing that work, you know, in-house with the help of our communications consultant, Slate Communications. And then after the land use consultants has been selected, sometime around June, and that time frame mainly has to do with um, that the county has applied for funding from the Department of Local Affairs. And, and if we get that money, that the uh, funds will be available probably in May. So there are things we can get, we can do to get ready for the consultants, but that consultant selection coincides with when we get the money. 
so anyway, so the, the second from the, the second phase from the consultant selection to adoption is the actual plan creation phase. And so this plan, this process plan outlines each of those steps. And the column on the left, you know, goes into, you know, just um, the description of what those time frames are. And on the following page in the document, uh, the actual dates are down there. And, you know, these are all estimates. I mean, yeah, things can come up through this process. Uh, part of that consultant selection is the contract with the consultants. So there'll be some input there, you know, and it could change as far as um, some of the consultants involvement and what takes place between that point and the adoption. And I think there's a, a big factor also, even though the planning commission has identified 13, 15, whatever items that, that you feel need to be amended as part of the plan, uh, the wild card right now is, but well, one, Board of County Commissioner weighing, but also what the community says. And, and so when I put this time frame together and came up with the budget for, um, for the project and, and the numbers used to, you know, for, for the amount requested from DOLA, the advice that I got from our DOLA representative was aim high. You know, so uh, Christy and I studied some of the plans that were approved within the last five, seven years and awarded funding from DOLA and picked the ones that were closest to what we're going through, and that's how we came up with that number. But in that aiming high, um, you know, because DOLA doesn't want us to run out of money through that process. So this snapshot of time and all these little subcategories would accommodate pretty much a full-blown update of this, or maybe even a rewrite. You know, so if, if what we hear back from the community is that the existing plan's good, it needs tweaks, it needs the water section, or it needs resiliency or climate change, you know, then that time frame to adoption should end up being much shorter. But like I said, for purposes of funding and maybe worst case scenario, I aim high. Uh, and it, just within those, again, the, the two main, major phases, you know, are broken down into these five smaller ones. So right now, actually, we're in the information gathering and initial organization. So we created uh, the survey that's online. Hopefully, everybody has taken that. You know, Slate's helped us with that, the project website, um, you know, in, in creating um, uh, the, the process for public outreach, you know, the message that we're going to take out to the public at, at our meetings and also when we get invited to, you know, an agency or organization's meetings, you know, as, as an agenda item, you know, what we're going to talk about, um, the presentation that we're going to make to them. Um, also part of the initial public engagement and preparation for consultants, it'll be building off of that uh, public engagement, um, collecting, you know, the, the comments from the community, you know, to get that true voice of the community. And I think I've got it listed as the vision and goals document. And that document will basically be used to create the scope of services for the consultant. Um, and then down to language consultant selection, because the preparation also includes the RFP, you know, and, and getting, um, well, that ties into also when, when the money from the goal. 
So this, so we should be ready to go by the time we have the money into the selection process. Um, you know, the applications will come in through me, or the proposals, and the selection committee will also be our steering committee. So Steve, Troy, uh, Christy, and I, Dan, Tom, and Beth Mellon. Are the, uh, are the what are you shooting for for dollars? Uh, have you determined that yet? Or, okay. We asked for a hundred thousand with a hundred thousand uh, cash match, match. in the county, yeah. so two hundred thousand. Yeah. Do you have a formula like what you've heard, what you apply for, what you might get? Or do you think you'll get the hundred thousand? Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any kind of partial funding or if it's just all or nothing. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we'll just have to find out. I mean, especially because it was their advice to aim high. Right. So hopefully it's not. No, that's too much money because because the, the comps that I looked at are true comps. You know, so I, and, and I'm sure that you know with the spectrum of of money that Dole has awarded, you know, for similar projects, we're right in the middle of this. Um, so I have the consultants on board. You know, that section gets broken down into, you know, kind of the introduction, you know, maybe the consultant doing a couple of meetings just to kind of get up to speed with the community and then start working on a working draft and then leading to the adoption draft and then through the adoption process. <coughs> Any questions on that, Silva? I know what your light scale is. The what? The lighting the light. scale that you're asking about? It's a portal. It's a, it's a numeric scale. Relating to the dark sky, light sky measurements, and the different intensity of colors relate to a numeric scale. Portal, B O R T L E scale. Oh, okay. Thanks. There you go. I'm sure the question will come up again. I'm sure. Thank you, Eddie. Okay. All So up until this point, um, just wanted to walk you through what staff has been doing in addition to putting together the project plan. As Chad mentioned, the steering committee was first formed back in June, um, and the committee has met consistently um, and basically put together the survey, the community survey that you've all seen, so that was a collaborative effort. Um, and then Chad and I first started having conversations and communicating with Slate Communications, which is the communication consultant that the county hired um, a while ago, um, but brought them on to help with our community engagement efforts. And our goal um, is during the first and second phases of this project plan is to educate, create excitement, and take our survey. Um, that, that's the main goal right now. And as part of that, the kickoff to the community engagement was Beth's article in the beginning of November, and that's when the survey went live. Since that time, the survey has been live for just over a month now, and as of right now, I'm sitting here, we have received 385 people who have responded to the survey. In a little bit of comparison, when we did the Stagecoach Community Update, we sent out, and this is a couple of years ago, and uh, I guess we were a little bit more old school at the time, but we mailed out surveys 
and we mailed out about 1,300, more than 1,300 surveys, and we received back 280 surveys for that process, and that was for like a smaller area. Uh, we actually asked Slate Communications today about a, a good target number, and um, you know, for the size of our community, <clears throat> what what a good feel-good number would be from their experience in going through this process in the past. And she's going to get back to us on that hard number and as a percentage that we can aim for, but, you know, she, Slate, the company was very impressed with the amount of response we've received up until this point. And she also was saying her gut reaction would be about 500. And the survey at this point, um, you know, still has another. It's a little water. Yeah, and that's what you said. Well, how do you measure that versus outreach? Like the other one, you had a, you, a metric. You know, you'd had the number of mailings versus the responses, which was just under 22% response rate. Mm -hmm. How do you know you, how many individuals have been reached? To the, get you to that 385. So up until this point, what we've done and what we can measure is every week the county has a community page in the paper. Um, so there's been updates about the revision process, how to get involved, come take our survey. Um, we've also have put out uh, media blasts through social media, which we didn't have before to reach um, more more of the population. Um, and also, recently you saw the emails that we sent out the MailChimp service, which is a mass email. So we took 118 emails that we had from our stakeholders and sent that out. Um, that was two weeks ago. Um, and we received there's measurables here that I can tell when you know we get a big influx of respondents from like these certain tactics that we've done up until this point. Um, so from there, that email also said please share to other people that may be interested or involved. And then I also contacted individuals who I knew that um, that have like a big umbrella underneath that. For example, um, some of these um, management companies that oversee several HOAs, I reached out to them personally and said, please share to your members and things like that. Um, so <clears throat> we don't have a measurable where we sent out X amount of surveys like we did with Stagecoach, but I think this is better way to reach a bigger and wider population. But you could use the population as the base. Well, that's what I'm saying. So and it's the population around 22,000, right? Yeah. Population or adult population. And when we're doing the percentages, I mean, that would be the number that we're going to base it on. I mean, the 500 would only be a 2.3% return rate, right. whereas you got a 22% return rate out of a smaller sample population. Yeah, we, we got about 20, a little more than 20% for Stagecoach. And is, how much was the consulting fee for raising the 
you know, raising the response rate. Basically, that's what the engagement is all about. Is yeah. I, how much did the county pay? Yeah, I, I have no idea. We that was between the county commissioners. Right. That didn't come yeah, out. I think I might see some of those invoices starting next year once we get into the process. But you know, I think that some of their slate's involvement so far was just kind of absorbed into the county budget. Right. Because I, I have a process, so I can't can't answer that. But slate's not just relative to this. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're all about the, the brand engagement. Yeah. Exactly. The brand. I, which I like. Uh, I think I like the red better than the red and the yellow. <laughs> because last time it was a different background. The template was different. It was a. So this is yeah. for the website that was created. Is that what you're referring to? Or you well, referring I'm just looking, to I'm the looking presentation? at the, the presentation on the side. Oh, you're last talking time, about the actual presentation. Yeah, last time okay. you had a, a different background. So the yeah. different background Template. that you're referring to, Slate created countywide. So that is for every department to use. So there is consistent branding and um, cohesiveness of um, people's presentations. <laughs> Why? So that is what you're referring to. This was created specifically for um, for planning for this master plan revision process. If, if you look at the, the time frame chart, and actually I forget what page, but it's the third to last page in your document, it kind of breaks down the, the activities or tasks that Slate's responsible for. And so instead of just kind of staggering them throughout this, I just added them as the purple on the bottom. So you can tell that the process is pretty, you know, front loaded with slate activity. Um, you know, some of these engagement exercises, this Round Rocks campaign, things like a photo contest or quizzes, uh, press releases will go the whole uh, distance till we're done. Uh, these standalone displays, you know, that we can put in the library or in the courthouse, whatever, they'll come up with those, you know, this month or next month, and then. Um, Create and maintain the website. They're responsible for the end of the life. So really, you know, after we get going halfway through or so, this initial public engagement, the slate involvement will taper on. So, if I may, Christy, when you reached out to the management groups, yes, what kind of response did you get? I mean, um, I'm just interested to hear what they said. Oh. Uh, most of them were really responsive and said they'd be more than happy to share. So, so they will, or they. Yeah. Okay. You know, but there's no, there's not a follow up system and say, okay, did you send these out to all your? No, I didn't follow up with them. But um, there is staff that um, is in with some of those HOAs that we can. Did you do double H? What's that? Did you call double H? I did. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did double Stevo, uh, Brian Air, Medora. Yeah. Uh, she has several. Um, in addition to, it did the same with the chamber. Um, you know, there's numerous agencies underneath the chamber. Um, uh, United Way. So there, there were a bunch of individual emails that went out also. So please share. That wouldn't be our, our normal stakeholders or referral agencies and things like that. Uh, I guess the reason I'm really asking the question, I'm trying to figure out, and only because I had experience with Double some of their HOAs, they don't have email addresses for the residents. And the reason is the residents don't want to give them. So I'm trying to figure out 
how AAH proposes to reach out to the residents. I mean, they can go to the board. Yeah. But I think you're going to end up, it almost ends up word of mouth, I'm afraid. Which, that's not a bad way to do it either. No, it's not. You know, but I see but. what you're saying. But we're just trying to, you know, saturate the community as much as we can. Well, absolutely. No, I, that phases. that so, part makes sense. So hopefully we don't get, it, it's going to happen, but hopefully we don't get to the adoption draft. Yeah. Somebody's going to show up and say, we're cramming it down their throats and they've never heard about this. Yeah, and right. That's just the nature of announcing the adoption. You know, and so, but, you know, we're doing all we can up to that point to make sure that everybody has been notified. So we've got not only our normal newspaper media, you know, and all our social media, electronic media, um, these uh, email blasts that are going out, you know, and, you know, along with that blast, Chrissy's going to follow up with maybe not all of them, because how many are on that list of organizations? Oh, yeah, that will probably maybe over a hundred. So we'll probably at least just notify the bigger ones initially and say, if you meet, can you give us an agenda because we want to make a presentation in front of your group. And so, yeah, for the next, you know, we now in the middle of February, um, there'll be a lot of nine meetings for staff. And, you know, we'll definitely want to hit up planning commission too and see if you guys would be interested in helping us sure. uh, with some of these meetings. Yeah. There isn't. There is Okay. You haven't put an ad in the pilot Something. yet, have you? What was that? You haven't put an ad in the pilot yet, have you? For <coughs> master plan. It's been oh, it has been every every Thursday. There's been ads. A standalone. It's on the it's on the county community page. Yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a display ad. Because who reads the county community page? <laughs> I mean, but well, that that was part of getting the budget to do. I that, do to do that yeah. <laughs> part of, of the budget to get the county page. Or yeah, it's not legal ads. It's no, it's right. a display it's ad, like a real yes. estate ad. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's uh, what I'm asking. Yeah, we have not done that, but the prices for that. As an FYI, I'm oh, sure you're aware. Me. I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> yeah. Are totally absurd. I know. <laughs> but that's why we got 200 grand to spend. <laughs> well, Not yet. Instead, instead of chipping in, you know, like all the various departments with their block ads or whatnot in the paper, you know, we took how much everybody spends, and I'm sure it was a little more of just to come up with that county page, that county county section. Yeah. So that's what we're supposed to do all of our advertising. Um, so throughout this process, you're not seeing any display ads in the local paper, not, not other out, than the county webpage. Not not outside of the county section of the statement today. That could change. What about actual businesses? You've mentioned, you know, the test fire districts, but there's some businesses that have a fair number of employees in this town and have. Uh, do have email addresses mm -hmm. for all the people that work in that company. Yes. Yeah. Skiport, uh, some of the real estate companies, uh, some of the larger, you mentioned a couple of management companies, but particularly the ones that specialize in commercial property because their tenants are all people that are running businesses in this community. There's another way to get the word out. 4,800 would be a similar percentage to the response that you got on the stagecoach at 22% respondents. You get almost 5,000 in the county of 22,000 as a measure of 
and, and success. I, I mean, th- that was a pretty decent response as far as the percentage, but I think the big difference between Stagecoach and, and what we're going through now is everybody in Stagecoach got a personal engagement. And now we're just trying to... That's a more focused issue. Yeah. yeah. It was. Larimer got one. Yeah, a quick question. Um, so as far as cost goes, I mean, you could mail everything. You could mail, you could, we could do a mailer instead of trying to go, you know, high tech, right? So we could send out the notice about the update. And that would cost X number of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we're talking about how expensive this nice display ad would be in the paper. Is there any kind of comparison? I mean, in terms of, we'd get a lot more response if we mailed something out, but how would that compare if we did some other kind of advertising in the paper? It's just a question. Right. You know, and it's, if they're, if through maybe partway, I don't know, at some point during this initial public outreach, if the numbers are, are low, you know, that could be an option of doing that. You know, because if we're just not reaching people or if, not enough people know about it, or not enough people care to respond. I don't know, but but if it's any indication off of the little that we put out, one email blast, and that's column in the paper, we have almost four hundred people. So we're hoping they double the response up. to Larimer's. So so that could be. Um, so this is the website that Chad was referring to that Slate created. They are maintaining. Um, and the information will be um, will be populated as as we um, move on in the process with updates and future engagement opportunities and a calendar of planned um, outreach events. And then on there on this website also there is an area under get involved that you can self subscribe to that Mailchimp service for you to get personal emails sent to you on these updates as well. In addition to the 118 that we already, you know, manually put in. Do you, do you expect to post the, um, the survey results on that as well? So we're going to talk about that at our next steering committee. Okay. Um, if you remember, we... we no, I don't. Off. Oh, you weren't there. Sorry. Um, so that did come up at, during the steering committee, um, and that is the goal, to post some information. But I think we want to be cautious of how we do that. I would think Not so. jeopardize the results. Sure. But, for example, when I am... This is just a quick example, but um, I could show you... Right now, I'm looking at the survey and where the question is, describe Route County in one word. And um, there is this way that you can manipulate the data, and it's called Word Cloud, if you're familiar with that. And it basically brings up the most commonly used words, um, and it'll give you, like, the top five. So, like, right now, it's rural... It's preservation, it's beautiful, um, I forget what the other ones are, I can't even bring it up. 
it, oh, expensive was another one. Um, but you know, it's things like that. So it, it's it's a fun and interesting way that it will um, automatically show you the most popular answers um, for the survey. So um, we're going to be talking about that at the next steering committee and how we want to present some of that information um, moving forward. So that that is the plan. I think we just have to be careful of how we want to do that. Okay. Troy had a comment at the last steering committee meeting. When do we shut down the survey? And so I basically got it shown up here that that first line is the initial community survey, and that is February 14th. And that is the same time also that we wrap up our initial public meeting and outreach meetings. So, again, that one of the focus of these meetings will be not only education, but people to take the survey. So when we're done the meeting, we shut it down. There could be a second round. You know, so like for example, Tracy and I were looking at the survey responses, and in the and one of the questions about select your top three um, housing or tangible housing came up, and you know, a follow-up survey might be: Do you see this as a county issue or a city issue? Right. You know, is that something that we really should be dealing with in rural Rock County? So, so I would say, and I really didn't. It could be involved in one of these other, you know, the, the red or something, the blue. But, um, you know, it could be put into, um, actually it is, on that uh, fourth line under the red, uh, second, second. Under survey. So, so there is an opportunity for a second survey. But, um, but yeah, it, it will sunset and move on to the next phase. I mean, the, to me, the survey is just huge in terms of input, I think. And I like, I mean, I... It's interesting the way it's already. It's interesting the responses that you've already gotten. Yeah, how it's how it's shaping. Yeah. Um, so in addition to that, this is a sample of that email blast, which everybody in this room um, probably got this email, um, and then to share the information and hey, take the survey. Um, email blasts like this uh, will continue to be sent out during the process. Um, oh, I just noticed. On the bottom, do the 2013. Yeah, what the heck? Typo. Yeah. 2003. Yeah, the boss. <laughs> I know, I just... How many times have we looked at that? Yeah. Just, I just, you guys got your name tags reversed. Huh? <laughs> it's all good. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, uh, it was the... Uh, <laughs> Okay. And then um, this is a handout. Um, I believe I sent this around to everybody that we also um, have posted around the county. Um, I have copies for anybody interested if you want to help share. I know Bill has done his uh, duties <laughs> sharing this information up at the college. I'm sure it's plastered all over up here. Um, and then also next week, I anticipate we'll have business cards too to hand out. If anybody's interested in talking with somebody, you want to hand that out also. That will have similar information that navigate your route branding along with um, you know, how to get involved and take a community survey as well. Did, did the members of our audience get the email? Um, we, we just discussed this before. I know Ben did and Bob. I had you on there, right? You got an email. 
And then I was just talking with Jay before and um, told him how he can self-subscribe. Okay. <laughs> there, there are several different ways to get there, right? Exactly. Like, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> probably. Um, so through our website, you probably did it that way. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, as of right now, um, that is where we're at. And then in addition to all of this, Slate will be assisting with creating a lovely PowerPoint for um, for when we go to out to the community and for a community engagement as well. Um, did you have anything else to add to that? No. I don't know if you guys have any comments on any particular page or their issue or email. I think you all got a copy of Troy's email or Troy's or Troy's. Um, unless you have any paper, Christy, now you're giving the wrong choice. Anybody? Talk? Troy, talk. <laughs> Chuck, I don't get that very often. <laughs> it's usually Troy. Shut up. Well, well, I could come to you. <laughs> I, I hope you all got the email that I sent out. Um, and really what I felt was important at this time was to get Planning Commission agreement or consensus on... I don't know, a half a dozen, three or four, whatever it is, uh, points that would help direct. I think that's certainly my interaction, and I'm, I'm sure Steve would agree, on the steering committee. Um, and I tried to uh, be vague in my examples because I didn't want to, um, like, like uh, suggest any editorialization for members of the planning commission. I wanted you guys to tell me what you felt about this um, November 22 draft. Um, and so if, if we can walk away with maybe a half a dozen consensus items, then I, I feel that that would give us some direction as we interact on steering committee with the board and the staff. Uh, you know, for example, I, I think that this planning commission is the one that has the authority uh, to direct staff to do certain things. And after hearing that there's no plan for a display ad in the pilot, I think that planning commission could tell staff to take out a display ad in the pilot. <laughs> but maybe that's not that important <laughs> of a deal. But anyway, what else can I elucidate? I think that, well, I, I think a couple things have bug us just a bit, but my personal opinion, I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet. And the reason I'm maybe not quite there yet. I struggled with, at the onset, what appeared to me to be just a uh, just a major undertaking that I suppose in my simple way of thinking wasn't really required. We had a master plan that I think we as a commission anyway felt that was working just fine. 
we all agreed that there were tweaks required and that there are some areas that perhaps should be added that are new. We talked about water. We talked about expanding mineral resources sections in the master plan, that kind of thing. And then, lo and behold, what we started to see happen was this monster project evolve. And I think we found it to be somewhat intimidating. And maybe still do. However, what I really like about what we are doing is we're reaching out to the public. And I think, and it might be a guess on my part, but my sense is the public likes the master plan as it is. Albeit, some changes need to be incorporated. But I, I guess where I'm coming from, where I'm coming from, is that I want to see more of these results, and I want to see more public input. And at that point in time, I think we're going to get to a point where we're going to resolve amongst ourselves. You know what? We're not going to really rewrite the entire master plan. We're going to amend it and upgrade it and update it. But I think before we can reach that point, we need to hear from the public and we need to know what they're saying. I'm already encouraged by what I'm reading in the survey. Because it pretty much, I think, is heading down the direction or heads the direction that we thought it was going to. But that's kind of where my head is at. I, I think I'm intimidated by a project that's going to last into 2021. That's Maybe at my age, I guess the figure won't live that long, so I'm a little nervous about that, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a long time. But, as Chad noted, it's a plan. Let's not quite panic. 2021 isn't carved in stone, and it doesn't mean that that's the date. I think, again, the farther we get into this, particularly once we get good, solid survey results, it starts to lend direction to everybody. That's kind of where my head is at. Does that make any sense to you? I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear what other people say. It, it, it is... This is probably a bit more formal of an approach than many of us are used to unless you came from the corporate world. If you came from the corporate world, well, this is nothing. They'd spend reams and reams and hours and hours. If you don't come from that area, this is a bit intimidating, but actually if you kind of digest it and go through it, eh, it's not that much. Well, and to piggyback, and, and I'll just rattle on as, as things hit my mind. Um, one of my examples in the email I sent was, you know, having deadlines. And Chad indicated, you know, this initial survey is going to run, I guess, until now the middle of February. Um, and, you know, if Steve's planning commission is okay, then I do agree it's important to be able to figure out what's on the community's mind or at least get our first step as to what the people are saying. That's fine. Um, but I think even the Board of County Commissioners agreed last Tuesday that to just let some of these pieces run uh, for an extended period of time is, is really not fair to us, uh, in my view. Because at some point, you have to put it on the public also that, 
whether it's social media or newsprint or whatever it is, handouts, business cards, I mean, they, they need to understand that there is a deadline. And if, if you do want to say anything, you get it back to us, meaning staff and steering committee. Um, you know, this thing starts talking about focus groups. And I don't, if I don't explain this well, Ted, jump in, but, you know, as I understand it, there, this document is calling for a round of meetings where then you have stakeholders, and then you have a group that represents the stakeholders. And then that group comes back to BCC and Planning Commission, or steering. And so you're layering stuff upon layering stuff, and I keep going back to, I mean, this is probably the eighth or tenth meeting that this body has had on this master plan. And initially it started out that the Planning Commission wanted nothing to do with updating it. It was fine, no complaints, <laughs> and everybody's happy. And then, after more dialogue and discussion, we understood why it was important to update it and put a fresh date on it and include some of the things Steve mentioned. But now it's gone from a relatively simple, relatively probably a short-term and very inexpensive amended, updated plan to $200,000 and a year and a half from now. And, and I've got these guys. The first one, I think, is the date is August 15th or something. And now I'm at December 15th. Four months. And it still says draft. We can't even get to a plan in four months to plan for the plan. And I think that's my frustration, is we're acting like the city of Steamboat Springs, mm. and we've got to have consultants, and we can't do anything on our own, and we can't have a leader to tell us how to get there without some consultant in Fort Collins drafting up pretty pictures and sending out surveys. It's beyond me. And before, before the steering committee gets so far down the path and so many balls in the air, this is your document. This is the planning commission. And if you want to go down that path, I'll support you 100%, and we'll go down. But if anybody else believes that this thing is grown from a public outreach, meet with the people, meet with the municipalities, and then get it done. Give it to staff. Let them write it. Let them give us the draft. Red line. Put it out there. We can get there in less than a year and a half. And if this thing just continues down the path, is why I'm having indigestion yep. at this point in time. Yep. Again, I'll support it. If that's where you want to go, that's fine. But I think this thing has grown a life of its own. And I agree with Steve. I think if we get back 500 or 1,000 of these responses from our initial survey, 
And then we break it down, analyze it, categorize it, and prioritize it. There ain't a heck of a lot from that existing plan that we're going to have to change. I don't think so. And I'm happy to wait for that. But. <laughs> Peter, you look like you're dying to chime in. You know, I just, you know, made a, a large part of my career as a consultant, and we used to say there's no problem so simple that a good consultant can't complexify it <laughs> and uh, carry it on for almost ever. There you go. Well, and my con my concern is 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 it's taken a life of its own that it's it's very heavy on going out and asking people what they think, and then we're going to get all this stuff back and have to figure out what to do with it. Um, I think we're asking people what what they think, but I'm not sure we're really asking them about some of the deeper underlying problems that are going to um, face us in Round County in the next 50 years. Um, you know, I, I think we can say the master plan is fine the way it is, but I don't think it's sustainable because growth will happen. And right now we've said the growth has to happen within the urban boundaries. But Steamboat says we don't want to expand the urban boundaries and pay for anything. Housing is it's, it's exponentially becoming a huge issue in Steamboat. More and more there's people that are investing in housing because they can pay a high price for it and make big money not living in it and renting it out as VRBOs. Um, and if you look at the growth of Steamboat, heavily dependent upon service economy, and right now, I mean, look at the ads. There's not a restaurant in Steamboat that isn't asking for help with all shifts and all positions. So I think those are the kinds of challenges that we're facing now that, that are different than in the past. And I'm not sure how asking the public, gee, do you like the rural agricultural nature of the master plan? I'm, I'm not sure how that addresses that. Actually, though, in, that, in the existing survey, one of the questions that is posed is, you know, what do you view with the top three concerns? I think housing was in there, yeah. at least based on what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. is a big concern. And it's and a big again, concern, but what are what are the, what input are we going to get back? Well, that's where we're going to say, oh, okay, based on that concern, here's what ought to happen in the master plan. Uh, that's the next step after that. First, we identify the concerns. Then it's up to us. But philosophically, that and thanks for bringing it up because I do think that's a very valid topic. But you know, historically, the county and the master plan has said keep it in the urban growth areas. Okay, so. What I kind of hear, the question I hear you're asking is, is does Route County want to get into the urban growth business? I, I'm just not sure saying keep it. I mean, you tell me population growth and business growth and Steamboat in the next, not five years, but 20 years. Is it realistic to say that the growth has to stay within the urban boundaries when, um, as we've seen in a bunch of development cases, um, Steamboat's not willing to to take on stuff that's actually in the urban growth boundaries, saying we don't want to take on anyone. We can't afford to take on anyone. It's hard to separate 
steamboat from the county. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, in a lot of the things that we're dealing with, we're talking about problems that are inherent to one locale versus a countywide issue. Um, so I, it's hard to draw parallels. You know, we've had this discussion before about the influence of steamboat in its, out, in its reach out beyond its boundaries. But, you know, Troy's fundamental question is, is you know, are we in the business of considering growth within the county? I, I'd answer that as no. I don't. I wouldn't advocate for expanding growth boundaries anywhere. Um, density redevelopment is more appropriate way of using the land and achieving the goals as outlined in the master plan. You know, so. I guess my question is, will that work? If we if we take that position, it'll work in the sense that we'll get we'll get information back. But I sort of hear what I agree with what you're saying. Like the information we're going to get back is probably just going to reaffirm what we already know. Until you get what is probably the biggest stakeholder being the city of Steamboat Springs mm -hmm. to participate and engage in some of these questions. I, I don't know if you're going to get out of it what you're looking to get out of it. But I, I have no problem with gathering information and analyzing the information. I think that's reasonable. How long it takes, you know, could we do it on a shorter time frame? Possibly. Bill. At, uh, I think that pretty much everything is, I was going to say has been said. Troy hit it on the nail. And uh, Roberta, I agree with her totally, but uh, Greg, Greg, it, uh, uh, had a lot of issues with the way he put it forward. I like uh, the idea of, of uh, cutting this in half. I thought we would be a lot further along from this summer's meetings than we are now. We just, we haven't even begun. The steering committee has been formed and it's gotten bigger. And then consultants have gotten bigger. I remember when Oak Creek hired consultants to do a comprehensive plan. And it uh, it just got way over their heads. They had no idea what they were into. They just kept paying and paying and paying. Uh, and I kind of wonder if this sales pitch in front of me is the same thing that I heard for Oak Creek. And it was a lot smaller than this. 200000 their roof to 60000 for theirs. And it's it's like a song that just it's a rhythm that just it kept going and getting bigger and bigger and we want to sell this to you and I'm I'm happy to see Chad getting into a bigger uh, operation for a master plan and selling it to the county but at the same time this is pretty repetitive for what we already have the master plan is there the algorithm that was built to begin with is a master plan that is solid and has worked for us. And I have to agree all the way down the line that there are a lot of things that if we put the infrastructure into the county, we could turn into Los Angeles. But one of the first things we need, uh, the electrical, the uh, transportation, I'd like to see a gas line go to south and north route. A lot of things these people that are putting into this survey they don't even know the difference between Route County and Steamboat. It's, uh, they have blurred, but we don't have the services in Oak Creek. 
we don't have the services in North Route that Steamboat has. Uh, you know, Diane Mitz Bush several years ago, one of her biggest things was let's get the train operating all the way from Craig to Denver, get down to I 70. Let's get some commuter people coming back and forth like a bus. If the train were to come through once a week, but we are not Los Angeles. Well, because you're new, you get a pass. Oh, I don't want a pass. <laughs> oh, go. Then fine. Yeah, well, um, take it all with a grain of salt because I'm new, so I might get carried away here because I'm new. But um, the concept of the tuna versus what Peter's saying, I think that's a really a key point here. Um, for me, like being new, the whole concept of tune-up is like, what are the tune-up items? In other words, if I know there's like these 13 items that um, you guys are all graying out and maybe the commissioners are thinking, you, you narrow it down, the scope of the study, then that's one possibility, just to go that route. Okay, I don't know. You know but that concept sounds kind of good to me, being new, you know? Now, I know I've been involved in a lot of big studies before, so the whole concept of the thing getting out of hand, you know, I can, I can appreciate that. But I think if it's a master plan that there's some really big issues that you focus on. I don't know if there's something in between the two, the tune-up, the big picture. But a master plan makes sense to me, like a 50-year, you know. We're looking 50 years. We're talking about sustainability and those kinds of concepts. Um, I don't so that side of it, I don't like the idea of a short, small tuna big picture plan. But on the other hand, so you get both those sides there. I think it's kind of a tough call for everybody who's been involved. So, thanks for letting me say something. Mm. <laughs> Andy. I already said something. <laughs> Repeat it for me. <laughs> Please. He wants 4,000 of these files. It'll be in the minutes. Huh? It'll be in the minutes. Okay, fine. What did you say, Andy? <laughs> Not urbanized. That's what he said. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I don't think that we should look to expanding development in the county. I agree with the strategy of keeping growth within the growth centers. Um, I'm I'm all for gathering information. Better. I thought this started as a more focused update with some very specific items of action. I don't know that we've trended outside of that. And I would agree that the time frame is maybe a little bit long since we say that it's supposed to be updated every five years and we're taking two years to get something done. <laughs> but, you know, you mentioned Oak Creek, Bill. You know, I, I think that that review did grow and grow, but it was necessary from the standpoint that Oak Creek didn't really have anything in place in the first point. And now it has a much stronger document to lean upon when making future decisions. So, yeah, it grew a little bit more and it got bigger than what they really originally intended. But I think the product in the end was good. Okay. I've got a few things. Um, I don't know if I'm in disagreement with Andy, Andy but I... I do think it's important we encourage development in all the planted subdivisions that we have out there in North Route and South Route, Milner, Phippsburg, Hans Peak, et cetera. 
uh, even though they're, I don't know if you term them growth areas, but they are all platted, and they vary as to their level of services and stuff, and some of what they struggle with, the civil engineer would clearly understand, there's no cohesive utilities that was mentioned over here. The people that live out there, having been one of them and still being one of them, don't necessarily expect the level of service you get here at Steamboat Springs across the board. And even in my right old age of going off grid, you know, and doing things that people do that are much younger than myself, uh, I think it's important that this county do things to encourage the development of all these properties. We're not planting new subdivisions, but build out the ones we have. The growth's going to come anyway, and if it's it's going to come in some form. If we don't do something with these outlying uh, areas that we've talked about, it'll just drive up the cost of the housing that the locals will no longer be able to afford even here. And so I think we, as a planning commission, have a responsibility, um, and I've certainly got some ideas on this, what we can do to do things to encourage growth where we already have platted subdivisions. How do you separate like the boundary of a growth center in relationship to outlying platted subdivisions? Like you're not you're not encouraging additional development in Maribou versus denser development within say the town of Milner. You know, you'd rather see the development go to Milner instead of spreading out into the county, I think. Correct, but in the case of Milner, we heard it with the tiny homes. What's what's their main challenge in Milner? Sort Well, water and sewer. Yeah. Water and well, sewer. utilities. Yeah, utilities. That's the main challenge. The county can do things to help with that. They did in Phippsburg. Uh, the town of Oak Creek did things with the, the sewer plant there. That's, you know, we're doing things out in the rural nowhere with water. The county can do things to help with water and sewer, guaranteed. What do you got in mind? So like mapping utilities would be more important or gathering information on existing utility infrastructure? A lot of that information exists, but gathering that and also doing things like the Meadow Green thing that happened in Stagecoach is a good example. You know, all those, when you go into Stagecoach and you're around the corner by the reservoir and all the building that's taking place on the left-hand side there, that happened for a reason. It's because all those property owners got together and bonded to get the water and sewer in, right? And in the case of Pittsburgh, I think, and you might remember better than I, but I thought the county did some things to help with the grant to upgrade the water and sewer facilities down there, I believe. Get a new liner now. Yeah, and Oak Creek, they got a federal grant from the Sometimes people don't know how to go about doing it, and the county can help step in and go, you can do this and this and this. case of Oak Creek, it's a forest service grant that did that new sewer plan on the north side of town. And the key is all water and sewer. I mean, that's the... How does that relate to the master plan update, though? You know, we can agree that those tactics are important and we need to focus, that there should be some focus on them. But as this body is concerned, how do we... Well, if this body is all about planning and we've just talked about infrastructure and roads and this and that, what is planning but providing the way to get the places that people live, work, and play, right? I mean, that's what planning is. You don't 
Like, we don't want an urban development coming out of uh, the Elk River Canyon right when you hit 56 or, you know, the, the Look Ranch there. You don't want a big urban development there. On the other hand, you've still got hundreds of lots up in Steamboat Lake, and a lot of the problem, just having observed it, is know-how. The county can help provide know-how and, and encourage that. And I think that's part of planning is, you know, providing those resources. We're talking about getting out the word to people for this survey, you know, helping these areas figure out how to go about doing what they don't currently have. Yep. Yeah. Follow-up. To, to Troy's point of us giving suggestions to the, um, the planning staff, I mean, we're, we're starting down the consulting route, and as I said, I, I, I was one, and uh, I think for far too many of the consulting firms, the mark of a successful project was that the check didn't bounce. <laughs> So, I mean, here's here's the real-life example. When, when was it we went to Telluride? Was that two years ago? Yes. Yeah. 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 Two falls. So the last day, I went into this session on water conservation. That sounds really good. Consulting firm on the eastern slope worked with, I forget, was it the city of Loveland? Were, were you there for that one or not? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I think it was like the city of Loveland or whatever. What well, was a year-long project? They had like three young, eager consultants up there talking about what they'd done, and they had a variety of stakeholder meetings with the community. So they went out to this community and got input. They went to that community and got input. They rolled it all up. They had task forces to come up with. Uh, uh, suggestions, they had implementation committees and stuff. Well, this went on and on. At the end, this guy announces that this successful project had saved the city over a hundred acre feet of water. And you can see all these people that obviously never irrigated anything. Oh, yeah, that's really neat. So I kind of raised my hand. I said, So, how much was that worth? No idea. I said, well, granted, the water on your side is more valuable than the water on my side. But on my side, my 50-acre feet that I own in the Stagecoach Reservoir costs me a little less than $300 a year. So are you telling me that this project that took a year and all these consultants and all these community meetings saved the city of Loveland somewhere over $500 in water? <laughs> And you could just see him think, oh, well, I never really thought about that. So I think that's, that's be my point to the staff. I think, you know, there again, in my consulting career, um, I like working with clients where we had a close partnership and they managed me rather than just turn me loose because I was the wise consultant. And I think that's really what we need is you need to figure out what are the consultants doing and what is the cost benefit? I mean, I hate to think how much the city of Loveland paid these three people to have community meetings for over a year to save $500 worth of water. So I guess that would be my suggestion for what it's worth. And enough water for, what is it, four-tenths of an acre foot per family? 
something like that, so enough water for 220, 230 families. So. So you bring up something about, uh, you know, this growth. And the urban growth boundary, um, and Chad, maybe you know, um, how many homes or units or people was the original 700 plan going to accommodate? Do you remember? How many? 24. 2,400. So, I guess just to bring it into mindset is that I think the city and the county long ago said we're going to grow out west, like his little diagram with adding Boulder and all those. But So we've got possibly 2,400 units out that direction. And philosophically, I think the master plan has always told us that that's where it should go and we were going to keep the hard edge on the urban growth boundaries. So I, I think you bring up a question that maybe should be in a survey or the next survey or whatever is that, you know, should the city and the county of Stingle Springs expand the urban growth boundaries? Because I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know the answer either, but I mean, I think I agree in part with, with Andy, but I mean, I think that if, it, it's nice to say for the next five years, growth has to stay within the, you know, urban growth boundary. I think if you look out 50 years, I think what we really ought to be talking about is growth ought to occur contiguous to the urban growth boundaries. Which is part of, I think, one of the goals already in place. Mm-hmm. It is. I think that is one of the goals. I guess to me, I'd look more to see no expansion of growth boundaries with encouragement of growth inside existing municipalities. Like the town of Hayden already has enough lots for 300 <laughs> lots. You know, so why why promote any future growth? And you know the. The discussion of attainable housing, affordable housing, whatever you want to call it, is it's it's already gone. That that has already been lost. Uh, the, the information showing income versus yeah, yeah, I know. But the you know the the, the graph showing income versus housing costs is so far askew. You can't bring it back right. into focus with a master plan. Well, and I have a philosophical question for everyone too: is that if the county has the backbone to maintain their existing zoning. I don't see Steamboat Springs growing to 30-some thousand people because I guess there's not enough infill or land area to achieve 30,000 people. Um, so your point is, as a county then, do we want to plan on housing thousands of people or I guess we can't twist the city's arm into annexing it. But why should Route County sacrifice all those other items on our survey uh, responses, wildlife, rural, whatever, to house more people? When the biggest problem that we have is people. So well, I would, I would argue because Steamboat is part of Route County. It's not a separate country.
And I think a lot of times we've looked at some of these developments. And, I mean, we've had several cases in the last year where uh, the city of Steamboat says, no, don't do this. And we go, well, you guys don't want to take care of it, so we're going to do it. I, I mean, I think longer term, we can't just say, well, we're, we're Rock County on this planning commission here, so you know, it's not our problem that they can't figure out housing and sewage and water and stuff like that. It's a good debate, but for now, probably not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we started this more so about the concept of the direction that we're going on this plan. And I think if I can summarize where I think the commissioners are, there's some question as to whether or not it's appropriate to have this thing drag out into 2021. I think there's some concern that it's getting perhaps a bit out of hand, however, can I also make the statement that maybe it's a little premature to actually make that statement and we need just a bit of time to see where this goes yet. Is that reasonable? From an approach standpoint? Reasonable, but also knowing that you allow something to go that long, it will go that long. Well, I think that goes without saying. And one bit of a dynamic that you all have to allow for, there's some audio, I mean, there's other groups it's political. You've got another group inside in, that's involved in this too that we don't necessarily control. If it's all by ourselves, we have our control. But keep in mind, it isn't just us. So we have to do our best to steer it as best we possibly can. It's taken 15 years to do the updates, so maybe two years is appropriate. Maybe like, I, don't you know, like, I don't know. You can see both sides of the coin on it. And then, before we can totally get off of that, I'm interested to hear what our public has to say. I mean, Ben, you want to chime in, or you just here to learn? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't come with any prepared statement. Oh, good. <laughs> Amen. No, I mean, what you guys are talking about is an important thing about the plan and about the master plan. I did look at this, and I was kind of wondering... The county commissioners are on here as co-creators. I thought it was the planning commission that was responsible for the master plan. If, if that was settled, then you guys could be a little bit more direct in what you're doing. I, I never understood how the, uh, the, uh, the commissioners got so involved. I don't know. Did you not hear me when I said there's a political element? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's by legislation, yeah. what it was that the plan, the master plan for the planning commission, um, maybe a stand has to be taken. And it could, then it could be short, because it could be maybe uh, worked out easier. Not easier, but worked out. Right. No. It's an observation that's already been made. Yeah. But at least, let's just say we're aware. Not, of it. Nobody wants to do anything about it either, Ben. That's the problem. We've we've taken a stand before on things like secondary dwellings. Difference. You know, my last comment. I mean, I'll I'm going to be involved in this thing just because I we hope so. But the conundrum of this growth and where it goes. I think the county could take a stand of the community character, what's best for the environment, what's best for our ag folks, 
and the growth is still directed to the municipalities. And they are giving the responsibility to figure out where the growth goes or come to the county and say at a certain time, hey, we need help from the county or we need um, to expand their growth. I, I don't think that's the county's fire. I was really involved in this West Steamboat neighborhoods. That's a 20-year project. That's only 400 units. As Jade was saying, there's 2,400 units planned out there, so in five years, maybe there'll be another one. So I think there's, and you, what, what do you go? Three or four people per unit? Mm -hmm. You're getting up to 10,000 people. You know, as you add sure. all those things yep. in. So maybe the outlook isn't as bad. And you know, anybody that looks out more than five years is crazy. <laughs> Anyhow, I mean, an economic um, um, forecast or even growth, who knows what it's going to happen? Who knows what the, um, the trends will be at that time, you know? And I think our job is, and it's an economic one, we've done a great job. We've made Route County a place that, you know, the New York Times wants to write about. I don't know if you saw that article. But there was just an article, um, 48 hours or something. 36 hours. 36 hours in Steamboat Springs with a picture of the hot springs. Oh, yeah. And, and even in you know, we've made this place, you, me, Chad, planning, such a great spot, and it's economic. That's why if we can keep it a great spot, our economy will be fine, you know? It's, we don't want to ruin it by uh, thinking too much about this master plan and how we're going to plan in the future. You know. Well said. Can I actually, well, on that topic, that the responsibility of planning commission board of county commissioners and the words co-creators that's used in that document, you know, is more or less how it was done last time. And I think it is pretty common because, you know, what the goal is in, in this process is that the planning commission adopts it and the board ratifies it or certifies it, as mentioned in the statutes. And so, you know, I wouldn't want to get to that point at the end of the process where the board and planning commission do not see eye to eye, you know. And so, by being co-creators and use the examples of the process with the last time Bill Troy, that the way I described it, most of the heavy lifting was done by planning commission. That most of our outlying meetings, most of the meetings here were planning commission meetings, or planning commission was involved with. But you would have maybe three or so of those meetings, and then we report back to the board. And maybe get some feedback from the board, and then go out again. I mean, so there was never really an opportunity for divergence because we worked so close together. And it's mainly that same process, that it's same that. goal, that led to that word I used in that document yeah. of co-creators. So that's that's why it's in there, you know. Yeah, I, I, I understand your point. Man. Maybe that word should be taken out. I still work with the uh, water county commissioners. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's not get all hung up on words no. either. It's the actions that typically get you where you want. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. First of all, I, I I'm really concerned when I saw this year and a half, and I think we're still in the 
the findings process here. And I certainly understand your concern about not about about the survey. Uh, in any blind mailing, and this coming from the marketing background that I did one of my jobs, is that if you can get two percent out two percent return on a blind, on a, actually even a targeted mailing, two percent return on that, you're doing pretty well. So give that, give yourself some uh, a pat on the back that you've gotten as many as you have through this process, which is almost essentially a blind mailing. Mm -hmm. Because you really don't know who it's going to, and who's picking up as a passive process. Uh, second thing on the process is that I'm not surprised to see it this way. If there is indeed a political element there uh, that we all need to be aware of, including the Planning Commission, is that uh, optics are everything. And process is part of public processes, part is actually the essential foundation of our public trust and governance here. And that is why you need to show something like this. If you can <laughs> shorten it up, you know, all these steps need to be taken. All right. They need to be taken, even if nobody shows up at some of these outreach programs. As we know, when we did the charrettes for the development for the community area plan, here they were where we want growth in Steamboat Springs, and it's a uh, Steamboat Springs and County process. Uh, we could have the same 15 people here. You know, putting little blocks in different places on <laughs> maps. And so, and there's always, as Chad pointed out, so there's going to be somebody who's going to come out right at the end of the process in the adoption hearing and say, I didn't know anything about this. So, but you do need to go through, at least have the optics that you've gone through the process, you've thought about the steps. But I'm with you guys. Uh, I thought this was going to be more of a tweaking and basically upgrading it to deal with those things that change on the ground, whether it's technology or actually physical structures or things that have happened in the since 2020 or 2003. Yeah, it may still. It's just the getting there seems yeah, to be but frustrating. But getting there, getting that information yeah. and going through the steps, and like you, you need to go all out and figure out how you're going to reach people. You're still going to be short of your expectations in terms of return. Uh, but I feel better about the 2% number already. Yeah. Um, I think really what we're drilling down to is in any major amendments, you have two pages here of uh, section 1.2, which is the philosophy of planning in Ross County, which basically lays out our vision that was the product of all these vision 2000, vision 2020, 2030, all these things, right here on these two pages, making up. And if you get, if you don't have any major departures from that, all the rest of this, uh, other than things that have changed on the ground and things that have been tweaked or updated, uh, I think really falls apart. But unfortunately, you have to show that you're going through a process. And so do the commissioners. Interesting. And uh, I, I must say that uh, this is, I'm not surprised at this, but I think it's overkill right now. But let's see what the surveys say. Right. Because the surveys say people are generally, seem to be saying, trending to people generally like what we have here. Yep. And there's no call here. As back in the last page here um, about amendments, the last 
or chapters, 13 amendments, if somebody's come up and said, we need to have this amended has anybody come up here and petitioned uh, for an amendment, significant amendment that had public support to change this? Nothing. Mm-mm. And not in the last uh, 15 years. No. So you got to look at that. That needs to go up in some form. The timeline is kind of shocking, but in order to get all of that done, all the communities and all the, with all the stakeholders, it may take that much time. But quite frankly, if you don't get any real demands to change, and you're not getting person-to-person feedback in your outreach program, uh, outreach effort, uh, maybe you don't need to change anything. Very little here, yeah. which is where we started. Exactly. So I mean, on that. On that topic there, Jay's comments, you know, again, we had this consultant selection. Again, that was kind of that, that important piece. So this initial public outreach phases one and two, um, you know, will pretty much be wrapped up by the time that happens. That's when we know where we're going. Right. Chad, can you back up from one, one step from the consultant selection? I'd like to know from both of your points of view, why do we need a consultant, and exactly what are we expecting them to do that you can't do? <laughs> you want to take that? <laughs> um, I'm not sure we're convinced we actually need one yet. Mm-hmm. Workload? Well, I mean, it says we're going to select one. I, I would so. say, you know, like I said, aiming big. You know, that's what I had in mind when I laid out this time frame. You know, we start with what it could be, and it will change by the end of the initial public outreach to what it is going to be. You know, so taking that approach where if it is going to be this big process with adoption in August of 21, that's a big project and with the workload that we've had in staff in the last few years since the recession ended that we couldn't absorb that. Okay, so the one one um, function of the consultant agency will be consulting firm will be your temp agency to work on this project. To work yeah, on which makes sense on this project. The master, the master plan. Right, right. The updates now. Yes. The crafting, actually. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, having, using the consultants as extra hands is a perfectly legitimate reason to bring in a consulting firm. Yes. I guess my other question, though, is just in terms of kind of intellectual capital, are you expecting the consultants to come in and show you a process that you couldn't have figured out on your own or sell you a process that you wouldn't have come up with otherwise or do you kind of know what you want them to do? What I'm expecting is to hire a consultant that does what we say. <laughs> That's clear. Yeah, like I mean, because I know that, you know, more than likely they're going to come in here with their canned approach to a county master plan. And Bill, I'm sure you agree with me, that doesn't work in Rock County. 
Yeah. You know, if they come in and want to sell you the four hundred thousand dollar plan to save five hundred dollars worth of water, <laughs> no. Well, I can tell you. I mean, and when we when we draft that RFP, that it will be very clear about that. And I think it'll be really easy to go through that initial review of our proposals because the canned responses are going to end up in the trash immediately. Perfect. You know, so who, that's one thing I'm going to be looking for in the responses, who understands the unique situation that we're in here and how can No, I mean, I, that, that's really the answer I'm looking for. I mean, if, if you know, it was 20 years ago and this was your third day on the job, I'd say, okay, hire an expert consultant that'll say, here's how you do a master plan. And you'd probably go, oh, thank God, because I had no clue. But based on your experience and experience of your staff, I would expect you to be the driver of this project and them to be really doing a lot of the, the workload rather than the, the selling mode. Thank you. So I guess the question that I have for you, you know, to follow up on Jay's there is, well, that up until you know, today, through that consultant selection, or let's just say the end of initial public engagement. Are you good with that time frame? Knowing that from there to adoption, that this may not be realistic well, no, yeah. depending on what we get. I think, my personal opinion is I think it's realistic. Right, right. I mean, if, yeah, and sorry, but we'll, we'll get to Bob, but I'm still just kind of addressing <laughs> Jay's issue right now. No, I think, but I do think it makes some sense, and I do think it's imperative that we are thorough and reach out to everybody we possibly can. And so that's the business groups. Somebody said in actual individual employers, all the HOAs, particularly in the county. I know somebody said Steamboat Springs is part of Route County, and I get that. I've already been chewed on that more than one time. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Physically, anyway. Um, but I think, you know, this is the county planning commission, so we need to reach out to the people in McCoy and the people in North Route. And that's going to take time. You just don't wake up one morning and decide to do that. McCoy's so, yeah. Huh? McCoy's in Well, but my cousin <laughs> Part of it's in route. Yeah, there is a, there is a part that is in route. Yeah, there's a, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I know it is, but anyway. There's one person. Well, that's a whole family, but that's yeah. different. <laughs> okay, all right, so that, that helps. I mean, I think that's realistic. Okay. And you still have to allow for, people take vacations and they get sick and they, all that kind of stuff gets in. Sorry, but that's. Do you expect us to go to every freaking HOA? Because uh, I got a real problem if that's what you're saying. Well, I think, you know, you can, there's one, two, three or four HOAs in North Route that you could probably pull them all together at one time. But yeah, kind of. Well, why can't you call them, email them, or send them a letter and say, if you've got any issues, let us know. I think that's already been started. But I still yeah, think we want to. No, I think you actually want to meet with them. Well, and remember, there, there's that outreach where we ask for a spot on their agenda, and then there are our area meetings yeah. that they can show up. So, you know, so if we're maxed out, you know, that, that if we don't have the time, you know, because I would like to stay, you know, pretty close to this time frame, that if we don't have the time to reach out to everybody, you know, they might have to pick and choose or just be selective of who we invite. So are you that, just talking to HOAs in the county or 
all. No, county. And I, I came up with several HOAs I'll email to Christy that weren't on this list that are out in the county. And I, I think we're really going to struggle with getting individual people to respond. You know, the, we're, we'll do far better with the business groups, the community groups, all of that, because we can go to them. I think to get individual people response, we're going to have to go to some of these. I think you do, yeah. Okay. That's, that's our... Well, we're, we're working on yeah. So we're yeah. That's that's our next big step here within the next couple of business days, is to get that that notice out, start collecting feedback, invites. Yep. Thanks, Bob. Uh, my main well, I have a couple of points. One of them is Upper Yampa Water Conservancy District has already been through the process of surveys. Nothing as extensive as this, but in 2017, we did a, a general survey, um, the results of which I looked at and thought, that's it looks like the county master plan as far as vision is concerned and what, what people wanted. And then this was skewed toward the water world a little bit, but it was not totally just the water world. So, that survey yielded primarily we don't want water going to the front range. That was probably the number one issue. Beyond that, people want to look out north and south and see open land and not fragmented and not, they want it, they want it the way the master plan looks at it. And then the other thing is we got beaten up badly for our transparency and public outreach. And we've responded to that and doing a strategic plan, which is about done. And we had a follow-up of what we called a 360 review. Same thing, people don't want water going out of the basin. Now, big battle about Lake Powell or front range, certainly not too front range. Um, want the valley to look open and lots of wildlife and that sort of thing and transparency and this this whole process it looks ghastly and it's a pain in the butt but I think that, that it's absolutely necessary yeah. uh, how long was your uh, planning process no I guess they probably started Cold Seltzer started it in early 1970 17 and so it's two plus years to get us to where we have a master plan, which is almost done. We're not a master plan, but a strategic plan. Okay. Okay, fine. Doesn't like the answer, please. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. The other thing that I want to say is that since 2003, the world of land management and ecosystem science and, and uh, all the things we're hearing about scientifically has really come to the fore as far as being able to produce results and, and management plans, understanding of how watershed and all the landscapes within the watershed, the rivers, the streams, 
there's a body of knowledge out there now that is known. And management plans can be put in place that would have been much more difficult 17 years ago. And so we want to see this effort yield to real stress on the science of land and water management. And we're, I mean, it, the water is going to be the high flood throughout county. And, and we have to have the Amber River Basin headwaters here. So um, whatever has to be done to keep healthy rivers and streams and the whole watershed um, is going to be the, the economic lifeblood of this community, whether it grows or it's stagnant or whatever. Agriculture depends on it. Recreation depends on it. I think the consensus of the commission has been if there's one change or update or addition that needs to be put in place in the master plan is an entire section of the water. Because that water will dictate growth. It's actually a requirement for DOLA funding. Pardon? It's a requirement for DOLA funding. Yeah. Uh, I think it should be broader than just water. It should be in the the, the landscape, the, the river doesn't create the water. The landscape right. around it oh, I see produces the water for the river. Well, I was just, I mean, my concern is if you start with the concept that, I don't know what the percentage is, but a considerable percentage of the Elk River Valley is over-appropriated. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got problems. And that's going to, that will influence growth. Hugely. And everything upstream of the charter. And again, the master plan is somewhat <laughs> silent on that. But to Chad's point, it's mandatory now. Can I add if, if there's any uh, mention of climate change in here, which I don't think shows up in here at all? We brought it up. And whether that comes into it, opens up a whole other can of worms in terms of what the scope of what this is versus and know. what we need to do with this tool here versus the, there may be some, needs to be some recognition of it, which speaks to the water issue, speaks to the environment, <coughs> speaks to all the other things that uh, are hazards to the county. And if there's a section in here, but there is a section in the wildfire. Yes. And that's where the science comes in. Right. And coming from the world of geology, I live in deep time. And things have changed even in the last 40 years. When I was asked as a coal, uh, coal mining uh, person to write something on climate change in 1983 or something, and I said there wasn't a body of knowledge to actually say that this existed at that time. But now there is. There has been for some time. And I think that without creating a political problem for this document here, there needs to be some reference to that because I don't think there's a document in the state, in the state, certainly in the state archives, the Colorado Water Plan, uh, any of the other emergency plans that don't, and our, maybe even our own uh, wildfire uh, plans here in the county, emergency plans, do not at all reference climate change and its ramifications. It may not have a place in here, but it may be a place to 
the planning commission has identified that as one of the topics that that needs to be addressed. And as far as hazard resiliency, that's another one of the dual requirements. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that it'll be, there'll be something in in the update on climate change. But in reviewing a lot of the original responses on the survey, people filled out it was a concern: climate change, climate change, climate. Change. And you're going through those responses, and it's like, okay, great, climate change is a problem. <clears throat> that doesn't help me. No. I need to know what Route County can do for that. It's called adaptation. Now, what do we do to adapt to the changing climate? Yeah. yeah. And I don't think there's any of us at this table or at the elected table that can answer that question. So, without hiring a consultant to tell us what we need to put into the master plan on climate change, if you speak with people, if you write a letter and say, here's suggestions you can use in the master plan, then I can deal with it. I can put it in the master plan. We can put it in the master plan. But to just sit there and respond to surveys or write a letter that says, climate change, <laughs> I'm not an expert on that, and I don't know what you want. Well, I'm saying that there may be a place in here where a reference to it would be appropriate, but, sir, but maybe not in the down in deep here, because there's nothing. But there are things the city is trying to do to address this, which is a whole separate program. Uh, I'm not sure how the county commissioners are looking at this, and whether they're trying to do anything or hold any programs develop any programs to try to deal with here, but there are things that are ramifications of climate change, effects of climate change, that might be in the introduction here or someplace appropriate. Right. That's kind of the modernization or uh, update yep. that we need to at least be aware of. So somebody's going to come in and say, I read this whole thing, there's nothing about climate change. Exactly. That's a political Okay. Anything else? Nope. You good? Good. Should we move on to your administrators? No. Real quick. Yes. Um, it looks like on the 19th, uh, we've got uh, Carpenter Ranch is back. So that's uh, bringing up speed on that. Stephen. Um, and then also, um, Alan will be presenting application for the uh, West Steamboat Water Tank over across the airport at 129. Um, special use permit. Uh, January 2nd, that's when King Creek Ranch will come back. And on the 16th, uh, Zirkle Wireless Conditional Use Permit that Christy will be presenting for a wireless tower on Johnson. So you did get that up. a wireless tower on. Hands be here. They bought off? No. No, it's not um, an old mining claim. Um, on the northwest side. Can't talk Tom's, about it. Can't talk Tom's about it. mine or something? What's that? Is it Tom's mine? It or is. Tom? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Tom so, Tom. And it's not a Tom traditional Tom cell tower. It's for wire. It's circle. It's for wireless. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not your Internet. traditional tall tower. Right. 
Cool. Don't talk about it. <laughs> All right, and let's see. I don't know if there's any recent decisions from the board. You know. Uh, no. Was there a pending subdivision? Um, that what was it called? The lunch. So yeah, that's um, just moved on to final, which is administrative. Okay. And uh, I think that was maybe approved last week or week before. Um, the county commissioners, I guess, Christy, give you an update on our rec facility and uh, treatment center process. Um, the commissioners went along with your recommendations for both rec facility and for residential care facilities. Um, and the next time you will see this, um, it will be in a proposed adopted form. Um, so um, I have a lot of work to do <laughs> in addition to the master plan of state. So I have not scheduled it yet, but. Um, it, it, it will be advertised as such, basically, what we feedback deferred from the planning commission of the board will be drafted up as regulations and if you're comfortable with with what you've got you can recommend if you think it needs more work uh, we can postpone the adoption okay and then um you said that there was a bit of discussion at the bcc level on the master plan that we never heard that how that went I said? Oh, I said. Recently, somebody did. Oh, oh. Uh, you know, they just had the, really just a couple of minor changes to that document. Um, and it was the stakeholder group. You know, they were a little concerned or a little puzzled about what that was. And I think one of the commissioners gave an example of what the city had a technical advisory group or committee. And I said, it's basically the same thing. Okay. You know, just a representative of the stakeholder. So that may be called a technical advisory group going forward. There's a little bit of talk about the focus groups, but it was the same thing. It just kind of depends on the scope of this project, how big it gets after Do we really need that? Can we handle it with just a technical advisory or stakeholder group? Um, there was that uh, project management team that's laid out in there, and the uh, board was, you know, basically asking why, you know, there were basically two planners on there, and our environmental and public health people, Terry Ladro and and uh, Scott Cowman, and the board thought that they should be part of our stakeholder group and not the management team, and so that management team is basically just staff. So I don't even know what that bullet is. That's necessary because between Christy and I and Dan, staff anyway, yeah. you know, maybe that's all we need. And if there's anything that's more higher level than that, that that group can accommodate, we got the steering committee. So that might not be on there. Um, and there was, you know, a, a little more, um, um, comments, questions about, um, about the uh, the message, you know. So when we have our public engagement hearings, 
and, or when we um, reach out to the stakeholders in their meetings, what is it that we're going to be talking about? And um, that's actually covered, I believe it's on page six, I'm trying to pull that up here. And um, where, where it's called key messages, but I guess that still wasn't quite clear to the board, you know, as far as, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. You know, and even based off some of the comments that you guys made, you know, I think that the next step to define that, it, to me, it'll start tomorrow, is to actually go ahead and create the PowerPoint, you know, that outlines that message at those meetings. Sure. And so just real quick, you know, that when we have our meetings in the different portions of the county, that I anticipate it being, you know, meetings starting at 6.30 or 7, whenever, that there'll be a staff presentation, so basically we can just do all the education and overview to whoever's in the room, but then after that portion's done, you know, have a more of a charrette format. So the new staff or planning commission members will have stations, and people can walk around or write sticky notes and put them on whiteboards, so there, it won't be, you know, step up to the microphone, or even break out into tables where there's usually one person that dominates the conversation. So you can go to any stations you're interested in, write your comments on a sticky note for Sure. Okay. Um, and so when we are invited to speak at somebody else's meeting, you know, obviously we don't want to railroad their meeting by our charrette, you know. So, you know, Christy and I have been talking about ideas where we can still do that education presentation component and then maybe some handouts that we can collect at the end, you know, that talk about, uh, you know, major issues and get people to take the survey at the end. So that will be uh, Makes sense. that will be forthcoming. But I think that was kind of the crux of the okay. okay. One more thing. Sure. We're looking for a new planning commission member. Um, we just got you one. Jeff Pettis. Jeff Pettis has stepped down. Uh, Jeff is the steamboat position. Uh, there's a chance that we could move somebody up into that position, so that would create an at-large alternate. Uh, which would be always easier to recruit a new person if, if there's no geographic restraints. Right. Um, but I need to talk with the commissioners about that uh, before we advertise. So, and also because you know we usually run our normal ad anyway in February, you know, to get people interviewed so they could any new members take over in April. You know, maybe we'll just do that big push now, and then the board can make whatever decision they want. Yeah. Because it's it's just a lot of work and a lot of money in advertising to be separated by two months. <coughs> okay. All right. That's all. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We're done. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.